our goal during a future family here is to help each other, right, create the families today that we want to have tomorrow. And uh, here to help us do that today is Patty LaRoche. Would you welcome Patty? Well, good morning, Community Christian. Okay, let's try that again. Good morning, Community Christian. That's so much better. I am so excited to be here today. When Dusty asked me to speak on grandparenting, I thought there can't possibly be a better topic than to speak on the blessing of having grandchildren. But I stand before you not as the perfect... Are you guys going to... You're not supposed to be here yet. Okay. Okay. (laughs) In, In my peripheral vision, I thought that was still Delenn, and I thought, have I jumped up here before I'm supposed to be up here? But I'm sorry, Jen. She's... Okay, that's a good start. Okay. So, where was I? Okay. Yes, I don't stand before you as the perfect grandparent. And I know there are some in the audience. I'm looking at the sheds. And I think if anybody has emulated perfect parenting and grandparenting, yes, you have. It is the Shed family. And also, Jen's parents, Lauren and Julie Reedinger, have, um, have shown us how to be better grandparents. They have lived for their four grandkids. And it's been such a blessing to see that their entire lives have been a sacrifice for those kids. But I look at this and I think, grandchildren... Be careful what you say to me. My grandma's crazy, and I am not afraid to tell on you. Do any of you have grandkids who might say that about you? I'm the only one? Okay, this is really fun. Okay. So how many grandparents do we have in here? If you are a grandparent, great-grandparent, great-great, stand up, please. And we want to honor you. The rest of us need to applaud these people because without them... Many of you would not be here. Now, if you're just a grandparent, I mean just, but that's it. That's the final level for you. Sit at this time, but great grandparents continue to stand. And now great, great grandparents. Do we have any of those? We have one right over here. God bless you. Oh, right here. Great, great grandparents. Wow. You probably should be up here because I'm sure you have many, many more stories than I do. But I will tell you, now that I'm a grandparent, I gravitate toward cool grandparent stories, like the one about little Billy. Little Billy was staying with his grandparents, and he decided to make the morning really special for his grandma, who was out on the front porch swing. So little Billy went to Grandpa and said, Grandpa, let's make Grandma a cup of coffee, and I want to take it out to her. And Grandpa said, great, I'll help you. Put it on a tray, put a couple of cookies on it. And out Billy went, sat next to Grandma. Grandma was so excited. She was sipping away on her coffee cup. And then all of a sudden, she looked down and she said, Billy, why are there three little green army guys in my coffee? And Billy said, well, don't you know? It's that TV commercial. The best part of waking up is soldiers in your cup. (laughs) Now, see, grandparents love that story. If if my grandkids were here, they would be rolling their eyes, thinking that is not a cool story at all. But 
Chances are, if you're a grandparent, you have an equally delightful story. I'm sure of that because there's just something extra special about being a grandparent. And in my opinion, it's the best part of being old. Lots has been written defining a grandparent, but when a nine-year-old girl wrote the following many years ago, it became a classic. A grandmother is a lady who has no children of her own, so she likes other people's little girls. A grandfather's a man-grandmother. He goes for walks with the boys, and they talk about fishing and tractors and like that. Grandmas don't have to do anything except be there. They're old, so they shouldn't play hard or run. It's enough if they drive us to the market where the pretend horse is, and they have lots of dimes ready. Or if they take us for walks, they should slow down past things like pretty leaves or caterpillars. They should never say hurry up. Usually they're fat, <laughs> but not too fat to tie kids' shoes. They wear glasses and funny underwear. They can take their teeth out and their gums off. They don't have to be smart. They just have to answer questions like why dogs hate cats and how come God isn't married. They don't talk baby talk like visitors do because it's hard to understand that. When they read to us, they don't skip and they don't mind if it's the same story over and over again. Everybody should try to have one because grandmas are the only grown-ups who've got time. Which is, we all know, all our grandkids really want from us. It's our time. I have seven grandkids, ages 14 to 22, so I know a tiny bit about grandparenting. I certainly know a few things we should not do as grandparents. Number one, we should never suggest a baby name or express our disapproval of the name that our children have chosen, even if it's Vladimir or King Kong. Number two, we should never purchase some big ticket item like bedroom furniture and surprise our kids with it. Number three, we should never drop by at random times to visit. Four, we should never send everybody on a guilt trip. Well, it's all right if you're going to spend Christmas with the in-laws. I don't know how much longer I'll be alive, but you do whatever you have to do. We should never ignore set dietary rules. Even if your grandkids are on lactose-free, gluten-free, Atkins, South Beach, I'm trying to think of all of these torture techniques that people have created in the last few years. No matter what that is, it is not up to us to serve our kids jelly beans and Oreos. We should never compare grandkids to one another. While one of your grandkids may be a better student, it is not a cool thing to buy that bumper sticker that says, one of my grandkids is an honor student at Fort Scott Middle School. <laughs> Number seven, we should never give the new mom tips on how to lose her baby weight. For some of us, it's taken longer than others, <laughs> like 34 years in my case. Number eight, we should make, never take the grandkids for surprise haircuts. Our idea of a John F. Kennedy bowl cut may not be the one that your kids want for their babies. Number nine, never surprise your grandchild with a pet. Number 10, never say negative things about your grandchild's teachers or their coaches. As a former teacher, there's always a slight possibility that your little angel may be 
isn't quite the perfect little child that you think he or she is. And number 11, never ask your teenage grandkids to befriend you on Facebook. It's okay if they ask you, but don't ask them because there aren't many more ways than we can embarrass our teens, except possibly for this. Okay, that's not the right one. Okay, sorry. It's supposed to be the one, you're the kind of grandma, those got changed. Okay, no? Okay, we're just gonna go ahead and... Okay, it's supposed to say, you're the kind of grandma that's gonna kiss me in public until I'm 20, aren't you? There it is right? Okay, well, in the following story, I think this is a grandma who is definitely going to be kissing her grandkids well past when they're 20. She wrote this. The other day, I went to a local Christian bookstore and saw a Honk If You Love Jesus bumper sticker. I was feeling particularly sassy that day because I'd just come from a thrilling choir performance, followed by a thunderous prayer meeting, so I bought the sticker and I put it on my bumper. I was stopped at a red light by a busy, busy, busy intersection, just lost in thought about the Lord and how good he is, and I didn't notice that the light had changed. It's a good thing that someone else loves Jesus, because if he hadn't honked, I'd never have noticed. I found that lots of people love Jesus. Well, while I was sitting there, the guy behind me started honking like crazy, and then he leaned out of his window and he screamed, for the love of God, go, go, go. What an exuberant cheerleader he was for Jesus. Everybody started honking. I just leaned out of my window and I started waving and smiling at all these loving people. I even honked my, my horn a few times to share in the love. I saw a guy waving a funny way with only his middle finger stuck up in the air. When I asked my teenage grandson in the back seat what that meant, he said it was probably a Hawaiian good luck sign or something. <laughs> well, I've never met anybody from Hawaii. So I leaned out the window and gave him the good luck sign right back. My grandson burst out laughing. Even he was enjoying this religious experience. A couple of the people were so caught up in the joy of the moment that they got out of their cars and started walking towards me. I bet they wanted to pray or ask what church I attended, but this is when I noticed that the light had changed. So I waved to all my brothers and sisters, grinning, and drove on through the intersection. I noticed I was the only car that got through the intersection before the light changed again. I felt kind of sad that I had to leave them all after all the love we had shared. So I slowed the car down, leaned out the window, and gave them all the Hawaiian good luck sign one more time as I drove away. <laughs> Praise the Lord for such wonderful folks. My grandma was a swinger, <clears throat> the good kind. She would swing. She, would, she had a porch swing, and it was there that I learned how special my grandma was. She lived in Rich Hill, Missouri, and uh, we lived right next door to her. And as I grew up, I would love, go, loving, love going there to visit her. And she taught me to crochet. And she taught me that I was never, ever to talk when General Hospital was on. <laughs> and she taught me how to throw potato peels on her garden. And she taught me how to use her ringer washer and hang the clothes on the line. And it wasn't until I was older that I realized that the, uh, the times I spent with my grandparents all night, I was staying in their bed. I had no idea until I was older. I was very blessed to have grandparents who sacrificed a lot for me. As a lot of you know, my, my father passed away when I was eight months old. My mom was pregnant, and I had a brother a year older than me. So long story short, we ended up in Rich Hill, Missouri, living right next door to my grandparents. 
And so my grandfather was the only male figure that I ever really knew. And I remembered vividly at the age of 14 going to the carnival in Rich Hill, Missouri. That was a real treat for me on the 4th of July. And I decided that morning that I was going to walk out and walk downtown and just check out the carnival ahead of time. And as I walked out the door, my grandfather followed me out and he said, you be careful, Patty Ann, that's what he called me. And I said, I'm just walking downtown to the carnival. And he said, I know. I want you to stay away from the men who work at the carnival. And I thought, well, that's, that's really strange. Because I'm sure my brothers would have sold me to a carnival man if they could have had an opportunity <laughs> to. But, but then I realized that, looking back on it, it was the first time I'd ever felt really protected by a man. And it was a very special thing. And for years after that, when we moved to Fort Scott, my grandparents would come over almost every Sunday bringing sack loads of groceries for us. And their contribution was immeasurable. I can't imagine how different my life would have been without my grandparents. I was very blessed to have the ones I did. The fact is most grandparents see their grandkids through rose-colored glasses. How many of you grandmas could make this claim? Gosh, that's not it either. Okay. <laughs> I thought we practiced this. <laughs> this is supposed to say <laughs> all grandchildren are brilliant and beautiful. Do you have that one? And obviously take after their grandma. Isn't that great? But so the grandpas aren't left out. Let's look at this one. There you go. A baby boy has a way of making a man out of his father and a little boy out of his grandfather. Any of you grandpas feel that? that because of your, little, of your grandkids, you feel like you've had a, an opportunity to kind of relive life and make it so much more fun. Well, they bring out the best of us. They also make us great pretenders. Grandparents pretend they prefer Scooby-Doo even when the Chiefs football game is on. They pretend they don't know who you are on Halloween. Grandpa grandpas pretend to be terrified of the word boo, but they're wonderful and fearless when it comes to handling the monster under your bed. Grandparents pretend they enjoyed your Little League doubleheader, even though you struck out six times, made four errors, and the temperature was 100 degrees. <laughs> they pretend that participation certificates are really cool things to have. Grandparents pretend to be excited about buying your school fundraising items. From frozen pizza, to cookie dough, to plastic cups, to greeting cards, to chances on a pig. They pretend horsey rides and wrestling matches are fun, and then say nothing when you question the liniment smell on them an hour later. Well, when I was in high school teaching, I would always do a roll call question for my students, and one of them every year was, what is your favorite memory? And probably 90% of them always involved a grandparent. And I was surprised at that. When I first asked it, I expect them to say a trip to Disney World or something like that, but it wasn't it. So I decided to send an email to the first grade teachers and ask them to ask their students this year what their favorite memory of a grandparent was and what it takes to be a great, wonderful grandparent. So these are from Linda Miner's class. What does it take to be a wonderful grandparent? 
Several kids said you have to be really nice. One said you have to follow directions all the time. As for their favorite memory, Corbin said, I get to watch my grandma milk the goats. Avery said, I get to help my grandma feed the chickens. Riken said, when I go to my grandparents, I get to ride my uncle's old dirt bike. And Xander said, I get to play games with Papa. From Bevan Nowak's class, what does it take to be a wonderful grandparent? Kisses and hugs. They have to be nice. They give you cookies. They let you spend the night. They let you help cook the meals. And what's your favorite memory? Go to the pool and swim with Grandma. Bale hay, mow with Grandpa. I went to dinner with them. Went to McDonald's with them. Went to Chuck E. Cheese with them. Play with my remote control car. Went fishing, watched TV, and they help you when you get stuck. From Robin Webb's class, what does it take to be a wonderful grandparent? They do hard work for us. They take care of us when mom and dad are away. And I love this one. They try to keep themselves alive for us. <laughs> they let me have breakfast when I want. They let you go to work with them if they aren't busy. They think about us. They keep us safe. They love me and they love my mom and dad. What's your favorite memory? They taught me how to read signs. Grandma babysitting me. My grandpa helping me ride with tra without training wheels. When I was four, they took me to the park to play. My grandma pretends it's really real when I pretend to be an animal. They let me stay with them. On the 4th of July, they did fireworks. They buy me toys. My grandma rode on a horse with me. We ate cheese pizza. They took me to the zoo. There aren't many feelings that compare to having your own child entrust you with their baby on an overnight trip. So Jen, you can come on up. The very kids that you made so many mistakes on, and in my case, my kids swear I've permanently damaged them, <laughs> grow up and trust you with their children, their babies. But sometimes they take things a little too far. All right, I'm gonna back up. Listen to this conversation after the brand new mom has asked her mother-in-law the grandmother to babysit for the evening. Make sure you burp Susie every three ounces of milk. Oh, be sure the milk is lukewarm, not hot. Okay. Susie likes to be held after she's fed. Okay. And before she's fed. Okay. And while she's fed. Okay. If you take her on a walk in her stroller, be sure she's buckled in. And look both ways at the intersection for cars. Okay. The temperature in her room is set for 75 degrees. Don't change it to 90 like you like it. Okay. Check her diaper. Okay. She will need a diaper change before she goes to bed. Okay. Susie likes to be rocked to sleep. Okay. Be sure she sleeps on her back. Okay. The baby monitors be kept on. Don't turn it off. Okay. If you sing to her, don't sing country songs. Okay. We keep a nightlight on so Susie doesn't have nightmares. I didn't know three-month-olds could have nightmares. Are you getting a little defensive? Oh, oh, sorry. I'll keep the nightlight on. Okay. If there's an emergency, call 911. 1-800-222-1222 is the Poison Control Center. The numbers are listed right by the phone. If she isn't crawling yet, how is she supposed to get into poison? 
better safe than sorry. Isn't that what you always said? Okay. All right. Uh -huh. Did you want to write this down? I could repeat it. No, I think I've got it. Thank you. Okay. I think I've got it. <laughs> Author Teresa Bloomingdale said this, if your baby is perfect, beautiful, never cries or fusses, sleeps on schedule and burps on demand, an angel all the time, you're the grandma. <laughs> or in Bob Beckham's case, the grandpa. This is the poster that should be hanging in Mr. Beckham's office door. If you didn't want to see pictures of my grandkids, why did you say hi? A year ago, I was in Mr. Beckham's office, and I made the mistake of saying, oh, do you want to show me a picture of Finley? And he said, you know what? I have to tell you, Jamie has given me orders that I am not allowed to show anybody a picture unless they ask. But since you've asked, sit down. <laughs> and out came the slideshow. It was just awesome. But, but personally, I love to see grandparents who are devoted to their grandkids their own children probably kept them poor, but their grandkids make them rich. Most grandparents would agree that there aren't many better ways to renew your spirit than to be around your grandchildren. That's why Proverbs 17.6 records this universal reality. Children's children are a crown to the aged. If you haven't done so, read the book of Ruth. You will find a woman who lost her husband and her two children She's despondent, she's whiny. You see very little positive about Ruth until she is given a grandchild. And then her spirit is totally, totally renewed. All of her tears are wiped away, and she is a joyful woman. She has been changed. Grandkids have a way of doing that. And we know that out of that lineage came Jesus. But grandparents can, grandkids can be exhausting. I love how Dave Barry put it. He said, the best babysitters, of course, are the baby's grandparents. You feel completely comfortable entrusting your baby to them for long periods, which is why most grandparents flee to Florida. <laughs> I, think, I think grandkids wear you out because you give them so much more attention and time than you do your own kids. The same things that your kids came to you with, a, with a, when they came with a problem, you would say, well, deal with it, or you probably deserved it, but now everything has changed. Jean Perrette defined grandchildren this way, the only people who can get more out of you than the IRS. And so, if you look at the following poster, you know you're a grandma when you used to get angry at your kids and now you laugh when your grandkids do the very same thing. For instance, you're, you're, I see you nodding your head, yes, you know that's true. Look at the following slides. If you're the parent, this isn't funny. But if you're the grandparent, it's pretty hysterical. That would have been one of my kids right there.
How many of you know that your grandkids are capable of this? You ask grandma and I'll ask grandpa, one of them's gonna say yes, <laughs> right? Because we're pushovers, aren't we? Or how about this one? It's just the best, it's just the best feeling, I think, to have your grandkids call you or text you or write you or want to spend some time with you. Um, about two weeks ago, my granddaughter Brittany called. She's at the University of Nevada and she's going through sorority rush. And we talked for about 45 minutes about her experience and she was so nervous and it was just the coolest conversation to have her call me. And then a couple of weeks ago, my husband Dave and I were in Las Vegas. If you've read my article, you know that we were there when the massacre happened and I was with my grandson, we were with our grandkids and their best friend was killed, uh, was shot at the Las Vegas massacre. And so that entire week, it was just a time of consoling and, and hearing them cry and having their friends come over and just being a part of all of that. And Logan, who was Quentin's best friend, Quentin is the one who died, and I had a wonderful conversation about God one day. And, and Logan was actually in tears. Uh, obviously, it was his best friend. And we really had a chance to talk about the hurt in the world and that every day is such a blessing. And when I left there, Logan came to me the night before and he gave me a great big hug and he just said, you have no idea what a blessing you were to me this week. Now, 20-year-old boys don't use the word blessing, but I don't think I've ever had a compliment stronger than that. Because if you, if you ever have an opportunity to be with your grandkids and they bring you in like that, there's no feeling like it. Columnist Lois Wise said this, if I had known how wonderful it would be to have grandchildren, I'd have had them first. Isn't that the truth? Or put a better way, grandchildren are the reward for not strangling your teenagers. <laughs> but I realize in a congregation this size, we have all kinds of grandparents. We have those who are able to be with their grandkids all the time. I was at a wedding last night and I watched the Hartmans with that little girl and I'll tell you what, she was the queen of the night. She was not the bride, but she might as well have been because they were just doting on her. And we have grandparents who have grandkids who live far away. Maybe they FaceTime. Maybe there are grandparents who don't know how to FaceTime, and so they text or they email or they make phone calls. Maybe we have grandparents who have little contact with their grandchildren for one reason or another, or maybe we have ones who want to be a grandparent but just hasn't happened yet, but maybe God's given you an opportunity to grandparent in your neighborhood, maybe to work here in the nursery or with the children's church. Well, I want to tell you, in my opinion, the real grandparents, the real heroes, are the grandparents who have been handed their children's children. For whatever reason, and the statistics are alarming, I did the research on it, there are far too many kids who have stopped parenting and they have now handed their own children over to their grandparents. It could be for finances, a lot of it's because of drugs, and all of a sudden the grandparents who are supposed to be doting and having so much fun are now given the primary job of a caretaker. I know we have them here in our church, and I just say, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. I was working in the high school one day, I was walking in the counseling office, and here came a 62-year-old woman carrying a baby with a two-year-old attached to her leg. She had just been given her daughter's 10 children. The daughter was pregnant with her 11th. 
but she was a meth addict. So the courts had intervened and they had handed these grandparents 10 children and they would soon get the 11th. And I thought, God bless these grandparents. To me, they are the real heroes. But whatever kind of grandparent you are, there are three things we need to do to bridge the gap to the future. One, we need to link our grandkids to the past. There's nothing better than to be able to tell your kids stories about when you were young and what your life was like. We tell them about a party line and they look at us like we're crazy. We tell them about putting a nickel in the payphone because there were no cell phones at that time. We tell them about having phone numbers like BA32724 or about how you would change the lights in your car with your left foot. There was a button on the floorboard. They think dinosaurs must have roamed the earth at that time, but we need to tell our kids about what life was like. One of the best things my sister-in-law ever did was to go to my mother's house when she was alive, probably 15 years ago with a recording. She had handed her a list of questions ahead of time, and she asked my mom about her life and recorded it, and then we were all given the video. Things like, what's the best gift you were ever given? And my mom said, a powder puff. I never knew that. It was just the coolest thing. If you have an opportunity, I encourage you to do that. We know that God told Joshua to tell future generations about what had happened so that they would pass it on to their grandkids. Joshua 4, I think I have it on an overhead. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. And Joshua said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you in the future when your children ask you, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Picture a Jewish grandfather sitting with his grandkids who say, And then what happened, Grandpa? And he can talk about, he can tell them the story about how their ancestors crossed the Jordan River on dry ground. And he's going to say, and then, and then what happened? He could talk about God's wonderful love and how he loved God with an unfailing love because he had redeemed Israel. The grandfather would tell his grandchildren of his own love of God and challenge, challenge them to do the same. I think heaven is going to be an incredible storytelling time. It's going to be so cool to walk up to Abraham and say, what were you thinking When you gave your wife to Pharaoh, you're so lucky I wasn't your wife at that time because things might not have turned out quite so simple. They're going to ask people like Moses, when you struck that rock the last time and God said you can't go into the promised land, what was that really like for you? They're going to ask Amos, what was it you wrote in the Bible? Our stories give grandchildren a sense of connection to past generations and provide awareness of family roots. And that gives them security and strength. The second thing, 
Grandparents mentor their children. Last week, Anley Stanley challenged us with these words. Actions don't merely speak louder than words. Sometimes they echo into the next generation. What a great opportunity we have to reverberate Christian choices into our grandkids' lives. Deuteronomy 4.9 says this, Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so you don't forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. How many of you grandparents have taught your grandchildren something they didn't know? Most of you. I love baking and cooking with my grandchildren. Julie, Jennifer's mother, and Mo listen to family, listen to old records and look at family photographs and sing oldies on the car radio. Lauren, Jennifer's dad, has taught Drake about cattle and engines and trapping and that you should never go to bed without either popcorn or ice cream. <laughs> Dave has worked with all of our grandkids on pitching and hitting and how to water ski. They can learn so much from us because we know, we grandparents know how short time is and we don't want to waste it. The next slide I think says it all. I wouldn't change my grandchildren for the world but I wish I could change the world for my grandkids. Last part, the most important, thing, grand, most important thing grandparents do for their grandchildren is to teach them of God. Billy Graham once said, the greatest legacy one can pass on to one's grandchildren is not money or other things accumulated in one's life, but rather a legacy of character and faith. We can look in the New Testament and see Timothy was one who had a grandmother who was given credit for the way he turned out. How cool would it be to have your name in the Bible because you were that kind of a godly grandparent? Professor Gordon Rupp, the Br British historian, was asked how the church could survive the decades of persecution and communist propaganda in Russia, and he answered this, it's due to grandparents. The communists made the big mistake of thinking that because the church was only full of old people, it had no future. They failed to realize that grandparents have an impact on their children and their grandchildren. The old Russian grandparents passed their faith on to their grandchildren, and that's why there's a new revival of Christianity in Russia. And finally, a word to grandkids. Don't forget your grandparents. When my mother was in the nursing home, and her great-grandchildren would come and visit. I would watch every one of those people just reach out and smile, and their entire countenance would change because they were seeing young life again. There's a, a movie that's out, and it's called um, The Mailbox. Sorry, The Mailbox. And it tells the story of an old widow named Letha. And every day, Letha would go to her mailbox looking for a letter. Occasionally, her children would call her, but she would ask them to please not call because she said she could not read the phone conversations over and over. And she was hard of hearing, so those conversations were very difficult for her. So in the movie, The Mailbox, we see that the letters still didn't come. But finally, one day, she went to the mailbox, made the trek down there, found a letter waiting, 
scurried back to her home to put on her glasses so that she could read the letter. It was from her daughter. She put on her glasses, opened the envelope, and then in the movie, she suffers a fatal heart attack. As it turned out, the letter was from her daughter and said only that she wanted Letha's consent to place her in a nursing home. The movie synopsis read this way. <clears throat> it benefits each generation to be cradled in the arms of one another's love. And Letha's children miss those benefits, as well as deprive their mother of them. Grandkids, don't forget your grandparents and your great-grandparents and your great-great-grandparents. In conclusion, being a grandparent is crucial in God's kingdom. We are children of the Most High God, and when he designed us, he designed us for this time and this place and this purpose for us to accomplish something special at this time in history. We are not merely raising boys and girls. We are preparing the next generation to be godly men and women. What an awesome opportunity to cherish them and to pray with them. The last slide. I can't promise my grandchildren that I will be here the rest of their lives, but I can promise that I will love them for the rest of mine. And if you're a grandparent, you know what I mean. Thank you and God bless. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for impressing upon us again just the great opportunity that we have. No matter who we are, but especially uh, the grandparents in the room, what a privilege that exists to pass the faith that we have been given on. And so, Father, that's our commitment. That's our promise to you today, that we will take the time that you give us and we will spend that time with the family you've given us so that we can pass on the truth about Jesus. Father, help us to look for those opportunities. They come in the strangest of places sometimes, but they're there. Lead us and guide us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.